Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Combo Wombo Podcast. I'm Chip Monk. With me, as always, Mr. Gimpy. Chip Monk, what's going on, dude? Happy 11th episode, bro. What's going episode, on, bro? bro? Shit, man. Big, I thought we said we were going to stop uh, putting numeric values to them. That way we could just slide them in whenever. Like we'll I, always... was, I was gonna, but after episode 10, man, it was such a... It was such a, a banger of a conversation, man. I feel like, like the, we can't we can't top it. You know, it's just like let's just like episode eleven. It's like the end of a season, right? When you have like some some huge event that happens, and then you reset, when, start from day one. That's all I'm saying. So I I noticed that we put our like pods on like seasons on YouTube. Yeah, when is season one over? <laughs> That's a good that's a good question, man. Uh we could do TV style where it's like we can go up to episode 24. We don't have a 24 episode season such as like The Simpsons and uh some of the bigger shows like that. We can stop at 13 and say season 2 starts at episode 14, like a smaller uh series, like uh, the hour long series. Well, know? yeah, like half hours usually go 24, hour long yeah. usually go 13. Yeah, yeah. Uh, depending on their time slot and like uh distribution that's true oh, it's like they don't give enough like uh netflix like the, the episodes of like daredevil where like some of them are like 40 minutes some of them are like an hour and a half like it's yeah. like whatever it takes to tell a good story that's what we're about true true that's not what we're about though we're, we'll just stop cut it here and just go that's the season what's up i feel like after 10 though like that was I like cut the... our last up uh like I, I was editing episode eight and I cut that at like one. I was like, this feels like a good stopping point. And I yeah. just cut the episode there because I like uh, looked at the rest of it. And I was just like, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is a great stopping point. We end on like you tell like a ridiculously good joke. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's just end <laughs> it. Uh, what was the George Costanza? Like you leave on. Oh, a, yeah. You leave on a high note. Just walk out. Yeah. Just, get, get just walk out. out. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's that's the way to do it, man. I, I mean, you know, I think we. I think we have after after doing it for for a little bit here. I think we've developed a a rapport, you know, where we kind of we could kind of see where each other's going with this, like if we agree with it or not, you know, and we know what button to hit to just like take that episode and like extend it for like another twenty minutes, you know, just like. Well, like I, to- I think it's just like we know each other enough to where it's like this is where like uh, the interesting bits are, and I enjoy like your perspective, like. I know that you'll give me a perspective I haven't considered on like certain things like yeah. uh, Ninja Turtles on sure. comic books on uh, video games. <laughs> like, for sure. For sure. I, f- I feel like we touched on movies quite a bit too. That kind of was like an uncovering um, as well. Cause we, we ended up talking about like the fighting, like I was rewatching uh, seven and like talking about when going from beat em ups to like beat up like video game movies just like inadvertently and going oh yeah this yeah. is good this is good and then it kind of stemmed off into the martial arts movies which i mean was something that i always thought uh like i've always been interested in it and not many people have seen the amount of martial art movies i have and you knew exactly what i was talking about each one i was like damn this is actually this could be a whole separate <laughs> pod man like yeah dude we could <laughs> like, just talk about classic uh, movies like i don't i got rid of my old collection because it was on vhs dude mm. remember vhs sure, like, do. sure there do. was uh before the internet when you wanted to get like those classic uh movies yeah before the collections all started like hitting like blu-rays and dvds there was only vhs and like i was fortunate enough to know like a guy who owned a movie rental place and oh, so nice. he could catalog order things and i'd be like yeah give me a uh, snake in the eagle shadow that sounds fucking dope it's with Jackie Chan. <laughs> Just give me that. Uh, and I watched that. That changed my whole trajectory. In life. Yeah, man. You know? Was it Snake and the Little uh, Shadow was your first Jackie Chan movie? Probably. Uh, no, I want to say, like, it has to be close. It's definitely, like, one of the first, like, three. I think I had seen, like, uh, The Chinese Connection and, like, uh, The Game of Death around that time. Like, I'd seen, like, two or three Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. And then I was, like, I think... Like everybody else, I'd seen like Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. I'm like, who is this young Jackie Chan character? Let me see more about him. And then like I got like all the back catalog uh, where I would like buy direct from like uh, a catalog that you. Yeah. So I was extremely fortunate with like that stuff. So. Yeah. I, oh, man. Yeah. Mine was probably the first drunken master just by virtue of seeing it on TV. 
And uh, I was like, holy crap, this dude's amazing. And uh, my uncle's like, you haven't seen anything. So he just like lends me like a giant VHS collection. He was one who would buy like import VHSs too. So sometimes it, it wouldn't even be subbed. It would just, you know, he's just like. Hey, just you're straight Mandarin, bro. Yeah, ma. ex- exactly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. Um, but uh, what really what really solidified my love for uh, martial arts movies was uh, the very first Once Upon a Time in China with uh, Jet Li, there's a Lee, scene where yeah, they're fighting on on uh, ladders in a in a burning building that was so cool. And then he, yeah, yeah, that, it was like game over from there. I'm like, I'm getting everything. So yeah. I was always very critical of fight scenes in movies for the longest I time. Think it, that was kind of like the divide was like the the wushu. I want to say is that the proper term where it's like becomes more mystical and fantastical and like the yeah. Uh, once upon a time scenes. in China, like really skirts that line. It's like it's like just fantastical enough where you like not it's everything pretty fantastical life, dude but <laughs> you know it's like not su- it's like not so issue where they're like flying you know yeah they're not shooting energy beams i think that's where you really cross the line like that's uh... <laughs> true true oh man that was like one of my favorite jelly movies too i can't remember the name off the top of my dome where he is like a monk uh with his monk brother and he joins the military and Kids in uh, Shaolin or something like that. Yeah, that... probably something like that. Uh, but like they end up like shooting, like you know, balls of energy at each other towards the end, and you're like, okay. He's <laughs> called like maybe it was Tai Chi Master or something. Like that. Yeah, I don't know. Who's that? Yeah, anyway, uh, like Red Dragon with Jet Li. I know like that gets pretty fantastical as well. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, like Jet Li. Like in that early '90s era, they like just go full wushu where they like explosions. Uh, people want to see fire bombs they want to see spirit <laughs> possessions they want to see right. like uh right. it's not like uh jackie chan's spiritual kung fu i would consider that kind of wushu s because like he's like a janitor at a shaolin temple and he's like cleaning up and he finds like an old uh tome <laughs> yeah. tome of kung fu and he's like dusting it off also like the worst cgi like sprites you've ever seen in your life fall <laughs> out of the book and yep. they're like bro and he's like all right well i'm gonna kick your asses otherwise you're gonna have to teach me kung fu and they're like i guess we're teaching the janitor kung fu then right uh, right yeah yeah man i feel jackie chan always has like the jobs where he's the everyman and you know that's his point um but it's like he's always like when he's not the cop or something like in the police the police story movies he's like a janitor uh some sort of cleaner like like i think I keep uh, trying to make Arm- armor like- of god is like the only time where he's like because he's basically, it's basically his Indiana Jones series, you know? Yeah, so he's an archaeologist, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, like the only, like, job of clout that he has. Otherwise, you know, he's just, like, run-of-the-mill sailor, like, Project A, stuff like that. <laughs> they had, like, uh, they keep making police stories. Dude. They dropped one in, like, the 2000s, where it's, like, new police story. That one was dope, uh, dude. That, that was, it was... It was, dude, like... It was dark. It was darker by choice, but... I felt it was, there was, like, a Manny Pacquiao, the boxer, retired. And I was like, you know what? I'm sad to see him retire, but I'm happy he did because that last fight, I saw glimpses of his greatness and I'm happy that he realizes like he can't achieve what he could in his youth. Yeah. Uh, a new police story. I felt the kind of the same way for Jackie Chan where I'm like, you know, maybe you should be doing like this anymore, Jackie. Like maybe you should hire some stuntmen. Like you got a great team. Like, yeah. uh, Step I know down. he's like six three or something, like so. It's kind of probably hard to find like a stuntman man like that tall and stuff who can do the physicality and all all the stuff he can. But uh, I just I t- I'm done with seeing him break apart his body and like he's definitely lost a step since like uh, the tuxedo. <laughs> uh, it's like this is wor- one of his worst American movies. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 right. That I movie's mean, good. That movie's solid, dude. It's 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 solid enough, but I mean. Yeah, you know, when you it's fun. Like if you go you, into it like the right mindset of like yeah, um, if you think of it in like the genres of like spies like us, I spy, uh, yeah, like that type of like lampooning the right, right, uh, like espionage like the Get genre Smart series and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's yeah, uh, Mr. Bean when he, yeah, right, right. He does his thing. I get it. I get it. But yeah, man, it's. I feel like we haven't talked in a week. Uh, <laughs> what, so what have you been up to, man? Like. uh Gaming, wow. anything to report? Bro, I've been... All right, so... 
All right. <laughs> On game night, I ended up it's doing a, a mission. Chess. Yeah, I ended up doing like a, a chess tournament. Uh, and I won the chess tournament with the boys. Like yeah. Thursday night, throw down with the boys. Yeah. I ran the, the slate. I got a heart of the table on a two move checkmate. No, which, <laughs> yeah, dude. like I remember getting this done to me, like back when I was a youth and I was so pissed all the time. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't even, this is fucking bullshit. And like, that's when you start to realize like why the opening gambits are the way they are. Yeah. Because like, if you foolishly lock in your own King, then like you can just move the queen over and you're like, that's game. Uh, that was like the final match I ended in two moves. And it seemed almost like a joke because like it was like a a tournament where there's like a bunch of people. So it was like the final round had started and I'm I'm in the final round and like uh I'd been struggling, like the first match I was kind of struggling. The second match I almost lost. I wanted to end in a draw. Uh and then the third match, I was just like they're like, All right, yeah, oh, it's starting right now. And all of a sudden I'm like, All right, checkmate, GG. And everyone's like Thought I was, I think, thought I was joking. I was like, "All right, guys, I'm going to head to bed." And they're like, "But we just started our match." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, uh, get get got, kids, get got." They're, they're they're playing for second place. Is what they're playing for. They're playing for like third and fourth place. <laughs> like, uh, so that's it's crazy. So I've by virtue of you winning so fast, I missed that game night. I even posted, I was yeah. like, I'm going to be late. We're playing chess. All right. All right. Bet. I'm ready. And, uh, I showed up like, I figured I'd be an hour late. Right. Like, like it's a, I know you're on like way earlier, but it typically starts like at eight when a lot of people start rolling in. Yeah. I'm like, like I I'm just got a, a text from heart of the table where he's like, Hey, where are you at? We're about to start. We need one more. And I was like, uh, cause I've been, so the whole idea of Chestnut was suggested by uh, Grizel de Blanco. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Mister But, aka Mister Butterballs, aka sure. Mister Steel Yogero. <laughs> for, uh, sure. for sure, for sure. He was like, "Oh, we should, yeah." We, he's like, "We should all do like a Chestnut. We we should play chess because he just got into it with uh, his roommate." Yeah, and I was like, uh, "So he suggested that, and then he didn't even show up like the whole game night. I don't think so." <laughs> that's the man who has a house party at his house doesn't even show up to it yeah uh, definitely that's him 100 uh, but i've been so before that like people are like what have you been up to what have you been doing? i've been listening to this uh so there's an audio book of supreme mangus by legion 20 okay and it's a web novel uh it's basically like Edgelord Harry Potter. <laughs> if like if Harry Potter was like a sociopath, yeah. that's uh what this web novel is basically doing. Okay. okay. And I'm okay with that. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's see what happens. And like I don't he the author paints a good enough reason for everybody in that world to be so there's like no GPS. Like it's kind of like uh, there's like a whole web series of like might equals right, where it's okay. like uh, in like a new it's tied into a new world, and it's like the strong control the weak, and so he kind of sets up the world where it's like yeah if you're like strong or wealthy enough you can do whatever to anybody whatever, fuck it. But now that I'm like deeper and so he basically goes through the harry potter uh arc. arc of learning yeah yeah uh and that ended probably around let me look here real quick probably around like uh three or chapter three or four hundred but like hold on a chapter of a web novel is basically like three or four paragraphs it's like a page Okay. So, okay. So, yeah. got it. So, basically, it's like I'm like, th- I'm like, uh, I'm fucking deep in. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, where, where am I? Let's say pop I'm the like link six... so people can check it out. No, fuck them. Uh, they're going to have to like type in Supreme Mangus web novel. Uh, the audio books are basically like a robot reading it to you, but I'm around like uh, chapter 600. 650 so okay. yeah if he completes like his harry potter school around like three or four hundred 
he becomes like a ranger and like starts going around in the world like fucking up shit. Uh, and it's like every cool edge lord ass ass edge lord thing you can think of. Where he's like, I'm a ranger. I don't. I like everybody tries to get close to me. He's like, you don't want to get close to me. I'm fucking darkness. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, all right, dude. Like, that's like every five steps forward he takes. He takes like twenty steps back. Gotcha. For character development, because they're like, I don't know what to do. But I feel like if the author went back and like rewrote at this point, he'd probably have a better understanding of his story overall. Gotcha. So he's just taking yeah. it as he goes and the characters transforming as the author transforms, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would say that's all web novels in a nutshell. Like like you're writing week to week, you're writing like uh three or four chapters a week, which is like you know, three or four pages of like actual writing. Okay. Uh, so, you know, if you're up to like 600, uh, you know, that's whatever, 60 weeks of writing, which is, you know, two years of like being dedicated to your craft, uh, which is about like what, three and a half years of writing four years, maybe. What, 60 uh, weeks? Gonna... It's like a year and <laughs> 52 weeks in a year. So. Okay. Yeah. Like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're in sure. a quarter. Yeah, you're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your math, your math is suspect, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say like you grow a lot in like a year and a half, and like yeah. you like, especially like when you're getting feedback. It's like one of the bigger web novels as well. And it sure. seems like he's definitely learned a lot. Like he or she, I, I don't know the. I don't care. Uh, them, they, their, them. Zimzer, yeah. Zimzers, uh, learning a lot from like the feedback, and they they seem to be implying it right now around like six hundred of like, uh, making the character more well rounded, more believable as like uh, a person trying to navigate that world. Gotcha. But I think they've also forgot like the world they set up in the beginning of like <laughs> it's awful people doing awful shit just because they can and they're powerful. Okay. Okay. Uh, and now they're like, oh, maybe there's consequences for the uh, main character because they're the main character. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. So, so it's like, me. yeah, like one of the first things he does is like some noble dudes like, give me your food, you starving uh, peasant, because he's a starving peasant. And he's like, you know what, bro? There's no GPS. There's nothing to like tie me to this crime. He's like, get got noob and like beats their ass and like kills them. <laughs> And it, they're like, the Lord, the Lord's going to hear about this. The noble household. He's like, bro, how? There's no, you know, phones or television in let's say old ass old world. There's okay. no cameras. There's no GPS. He's like, boom, kills them like him and his guard instantly. Uh, so it goes from him like setting up a world like that to being like, oh, now there's a mage that can like track your steps to like where have you've gone in like the last little bit and track you down and it's in it definitely kind of makes sense with like power scope and it's a well enough written story where i've gotten to like chapter 600 so gotcha gotcha so it's like a dark fantasy uh kind of novel okay got it i kind of lean more towards that because i feel like everything else is kind of written like uh high fantasy like good guy uh, sure. So I go with like concepts over well-read stuff a lot of the time. Uh, <laughs> this has like a well-defined like like power structure spells and all this other stuff, man. But okay, uh, okay. what have you been up to, man? What are you what are you doing? I would like to say a whole lot of nothing, man. But uh, behind the scenes, big things are happening. Big things like uh, got a lot of big things got a lot of big things going on, man. No, um, you know nothing, nothing too too much, man. I'm just. You know, as far as like what's going on goes, behind that green screen, you can't go fuck yourself. Is what's going on? <laughs> That's what no, everybody no, wants no, to know, no, dude. No. You got a lot of big things going on behind the scenes. What's behind the scenes of that green screen? <laughs> That's what the people want to know. That's uh, that is actually some of the projects that I'm working on outside it's of it. Classified. Like, uh, it's like custom controllers that I'm working on. It's like like behind there is my project shelf. And at this point, it's unorganized, but I'll move it, so I'll show off some stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, not today, not today. <laughs> it's called show off that, fun- that hot Funko Pop collection, dude. <laughs> the Funko Pops are, are showing a little bit, you know. Uh, no, I've been I've been uh, working on just 
like other projects, man. Like I, I have other, I have a, a lot of time off coming out from, from my day job. And, uh, it's, it's time for me to complete other projects that I'm doing. Like we have the pod, you know, I had some other YouTube stuff that I really put on the back burner. Um, there's, you know, I've convinced more and more of my buddies to get VR so I'm I've been playing a lot more VR lately, and keep trying to sell everybody to week to week, week to week on VR, yeah. man. V, v, VR is the future, man. The future's here. How much I, is that Oculus Light? It's like two hundred bucks now. Uh, Three hundred, two ninety nine, ninety nine. Get that that's, plus virtual. That's almost desktop. like an impulse. I think like a two hundred dollar is like fuck it. I'll I'll take a risk next week with my fucking rent payment. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's that impulse buy uh yeah. level if they could get it to that 199 level but yeah 399 it's like i gotta think about it a little bit yeah a little bit yeah um so how i got uh one of my buddies is uh, uh sir solace he i uh in our discord we were all chatting and i i streamed myself and um uh, one of our other friends playing creed uh rise to glory and uh it's like you know boxing game or whatever and we're playing and uh you know uh right now i'm as as far as like the reboot i am undefeated at the moment in creed boxing so then i think all my buddies low-key want to punch me in the face so (laughs) in real life (laughs) yeah yeah so sir solace is also my brother-in-law so i feel there's like some pent-up aggression there too vr have online or yeah yeah. Okay. So you find why. these people in real life. Yeah. Yeah. VR, basically, in, in real life, virtual life. Yeah. Where yeah. you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's been that's been fun, and uh, like it's definitely a like, video game at the same time. Um. So it's like a stamina meter and stuff. So like if you're if you're throwing too many punches, uh, your gloves start like glowing yellow to red, meaning how tired you are. And then like if you throw a punch, your character in game's tired, so you get like this ghost punch. That I get the game, the gamification of it, and not a lot of my buddies do. So they're just like, they're like, "Why am I not hitting?" I'm like, "You're tired, bro. Just gotta block for a little bit or dodge." Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, pull, you know, popping them in the face or whatever. And I gotta like one knockout I got was I and you run by like doing this, you know, and then you do, <laughs> do it backwards because okay, like yeah, like yeah, locomotion yeah. in VR is just you know, gives people the the like motion sickness, so they they had to do a different method. So controversial, but you go, you like roll the dough to move, right? So I'm I'm running at my buddy. Where I'm going as fast as I can. My character's like running straight towards him. I throw a left hook, and then after that one punch, dude just gets just gets jaw jacked and uh, dropped right away. And I back up. I'm like, who's the bitch now? You know, yeah. uh, talking shit. So uh, you know, I got I got some of the buddies salty at me because they're all like, "Man, I'll beat your ass in real life." I'm like, "Dude, it's a game. Calm down. <laughs> Calm yeah, down. Like it's just a like, game, bro." Like I got you know, I got like it's like pretty much lifelong friends, right? Who are knocking at my door trying to go, "Come out here, motherfucker! I'm gonna beat your ass." <laughs> so all because of Creed. But that's what VR is, man. Like, and and I, feel- I think it's come to be that I have like probably the longest VR legs, despite not being the longest VR owner. I've probably put more time in because I, I've. I think I have the space set up for it just all the time now and uh yeah. and the will to just force through like any motion sickness like to the point where I don't experience it any longer. I never really have but it's the point where I was in VR for like 10 hours dude and it was fine. <laughs> like yeah. other people are like I got to take a break after like an hour or two and uh, like I'm eating ice cream while while still in VR man. So that's that's that's, we'll that's where I'm my sea legs. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I am. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to spread the VR love man. Uh, I, I streamed Psychonauts uh, VR game, which it's pretty simple. It's like a, you just look at what you're doing and you have like telekinetic powers. Um, I'm planning on playing through Quake in VR pretty soon here. I think by the time this launches, uh, I'll probably be be in Quake VR. Should be pretty cool. But yeah, man, that's that's what I've been up to. Just spreading the word and and working on some uh, projects. Spreading I, the book of VR. Yes, man. Always. Do you always. think that uh, VR adds like that extra dimension of like? Uh, personality to it where it's like it doesn't feel like an avatar no longer offending me it feels like you're offending like because like it there's like a layer of obstruction but at the end of the day that person knows like toe to toe they're like oh like my stamina personally so like a lot of these like web novels and stuff i read about are like you know video game overlays okay which is like a, a good way to show power creep so 
if they're like physically capable of like still fighting and stuff and they like feel like they're ghosting through you and stuff, they're like they almost feel cheated. Yes, you know yes, that is the disconnect. So, I mean, I'm sure there's other uh, VR fighters that I just don't know about yet. Um, but Creed, I think everyone likes the Rocky universe, you know, for the most part. It's just yeah. like an, an easy gateway into it. They're like, so I always play as Apollo Creed, right? Because he's just like this loudmouth, like, like cool dude, just with all the swagger in the world, played by Carl yeah. Weathers. Um, Rick James coming so, to America, Apollo for, Creed walking in. For sure, for sure. And I think like that kind of braggadociousness of Apollo Creed really kind of mimics who I am. <laughs> so oh, I, yeah. I, I think seeing the avatar like fucks with my buddies. They're all like, fuck this dude. <laughs> they just want <laughs> to extra punch me in the mouth. You know? So uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a cool thing. Who, who do they play as? Is it Rocky? Is it? Like, uh, it's uh, been, I, I fought against a lot of Rockies. Drago, um, Drago, Drago, Drago himself. Drago. Yeah. Yeah. Clubber Lang is another real big one. Uh, so yeah, Mr. T. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. <laughs> There's been one Mr. T. Come on. Nobody's picking Mr. T. <laughs> Mr. T is dope. Uh, so I In think 2021, yeah. Mr. T is not dope. <laughs> so I think that uh, you're right that it's like an avatar thing, but when VR is done and done well, and this is why I'm so, so into it is the memories of, you know, when you you have a memory of playing a game, like you see the TV screen or whatever, you know, when you yeah. have memories of playing a VR game that's done well, it's it's like a a memory where you're in it. It's like you, you yeah. like your memory don't doesn't differentiate from real life to VR. It it feel like playing Half Life Alex for example. Uh, there there's a scene where or in the game where you're uh, where you're walking through like this minefield and and uh, you can't touch the walls. Uh, there's like there's zombies around and there's combine soldiers that are infected with like the head crab zombies and you have you have to be so still and while creeping through here and uh it's just to not get blown up it's it's one of the most tense scenes in the game and like me talking about it now it feels like a, a memory that i lived through not something yeah. i've played but that i've lived through and that and that is is the appeal of vr it's, yeah, I there's definitely like it. something. Um, I was just talking with a, a buddy of mine, like a coworker, where we we're talking about like the they did like studies with like uh, kids where they found that like like in the 1980s, 1990s, there was like a lot of uh, pseudo scientists where they would like interview like children in their like psyche, but what they found was like the scientists would lead them like psychologists, sociologists, they would, they would lead like the children in a certain way. And the kids would start to agree with them around like session three or four, uh, where it'd be like, Hey, remember in like uh fifth grade when you had teacher so-and-so and did like X, Y, Z. And they're like, that never happened. That's, you know, like that's ridiculous. Yeah. And like session two, they'd be like, Hey, remember like, blah 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 like xyz and then by the third or fourth session they'd be like yeah and then we're like start embellishing on like what happened so it's like it's gaslighting uh, these kids <laughs> pretty, pretty much but to like see like it takes like about like a month or so or like three or mm -hmm. four like sessions of like your short-term memory gets like short-circuited by like uh uh external stimulus of like suggestion yeah almost you know yeah yeah uh, i think that's that's actually a really really great great uh segue into what i wanted to talk about today man uh external stimulus really you know modifying of how you live and i think that we all have an external stimulus that we keep in our pockets every day it's bad boy right here oh cell phones mobile games i think that Coffee. uh Coffee, yeah, yeah, the stimulus there. I think that um, we are in an age where technology is so ubiquitous um, amongst us, where where we kind of have to take a step back and look how the hell we got there. What made phone phone games, for one, uh, so popular to the point where the mobile market is is just as big, if not bigger, than just like you know the traditional gaming market as a whole um and yeah, one of the I things the xy's crossing where it is bigger now or yeah it's is closing in where it's like everybody has a smartphone yep. capable of like 
running a lot of these like low tier apps of that that are predatory in nature almost. Yeah, yeah, very very true. And I think that to to look back at it, we kind of have to look at killer apps because yeah. like where mobile phones are a big reason why mobile gaming got popular is not because cell phones got cheaper and everyone had one, but it's because you got games that were quick and easy to play and addictive. They had uh, what I like to call like the Tetris effect. The adrenaline dress. Yeah. So Tetris, uh, I think everyone and their mom knows what Tetris is, you know, uh, when it, I think came they out- said that um, game boy, sold more towards housewives because of Tetris. Like when they packaged Game Boy with Tetris, it sold like a ridiculous skew. Speaking out of school, I want to say it was like 60 or 70% towards like a housewife, like single women, like where they enjoyed like that puzzle mechanic of like just figuring out, like solving like a, a spatial awareness problem. But like they didn't, proceed to buy any other games on game boy they're just like oh yeah when you pack in tetris that's all i want like i'm good like it's uh yeah it's it's one of those games where that's kind of all you need you know it's tetris can be played uh like quickly uh when i had when i had a game boy right i played like i couldn't play like super mario land quickly like between classes right i could i could pull out the game boy like walk into class do do just a couple of quick stages of tetris you know clear as many lines as i could pause that go to class and be oh. good um you, you can't really like when you're playing super mario land you, you gotta stop and you're like halfway through a level it's it's it doesn't work the same uh, I, w- tetris- I would say so like like super mario like three where they had like little uh breadcrumbs where you like stage like stage two stage one two uh, you know like yeah. they start doing the the hyphen where they kind of realize like those bite-sized games are like what really made the difference. But yeah, yeah. They had the hyphens in the first one, but I I, like on the mobile standpoint, I think, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. And like Tetris is all kind of based on like the Tetramino. I think it was like started in uh, Russia where it's like a Russian puzzle game where you'd like try and figure out like a a spatial awareness thing. And I want to say it was like the uh, Russian academy of science like there was a dude in there who uh built the game and he was like oh yeah this is kind of cool and like there's like a long stored history of like tetris you can find on youtube uh where the guy kind of talks about like trying to get past like uh because there was like a cold war hashtag if you're not aware (laughs) between like uh uh, the east and the The west yeah yeah well not even that but like patents and like everything else Mm-hmm. So like the Russian Academy of like science couldn't really sell anything without like the Russian hierarchy approving it. So there's like a lone scientist who uh, created this game, sold it via, I, I want to say fax. <laughs> he's in like a, a fax machine thing to like a dude. And he was like, Hey, is this cool? And the guy was like, yeah, this is cool for like X, Y, and Z. And yep. he was like, all right, good. But like that guy didn't really have the authority. It was like, above them because like everything you created in like the like the cold war uh communist uh academy of science belonged to like that academy so like when he invented tetris they're like eh, basically you're using our computer so basically we it's own mine. this yeah. yeah yeah uh and so like they sold it to like this external dude and this external dude was like hey man maybe i own this and then an external dude like gave it to a dude in japan and the dude in japan uh was like the third up on nintendo's hierarchy i want to say uh and he gave it to like the head of nintendo and the head of nintendo was like hey because like the head of nintendo i guess at that time in the i want to say 80s yep uh he was just like is this game worth playing and like i want to say it was like uh miyamoto uh shigeru miyamoto like he was like uh yeah, this is going to be huge. And he's like, why do you say that? He's like, because all your secretaries are playing the Everyone's game. Everyone's playing it, yeah. yeah the productivity yeah. has ceased because of Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, like, from that, like, they, like, launch it. But like that led to, like, more lawsuits. There's a ridiculous story. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't encapsulate, like, everything. There's, like, definitely YouTube channels that have, like, hour, two-hour-long videos of, like, documenting uh, 
the impact, the the literal impact of like what Tetris has done yeah. for like the genre for uh re- basically unify like the east and the west of like uh ideas of you know like the getting over that like uh the iron curtain of uh what was communist Russia at the time and being like this is a good idea and this is why and then like the east and the west being like yes yeah, great like so it's Tetris ended almost, the Cold War. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hashtag yeah. <laughs> right. no, but like it, it, it was like a. It definitely led to more talks that would not have happened between a lot of high level officials for patents uh, and good ideas. Yeah, I think and global rights was definitely an issue. Like global trademark rights is definitely an issue. Um, yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, but there's definitely like something to say, like the uh, marketplace of ideas, almost where you yeah. want good ideas to rise to the top. And Tetris was definitely like a revolutionary, groundbreaking genre idea of like. So it, it, yeah, I just didn't want to gloss over, and be like, oh yeah, yeah, you know. And then there, there was Tetris. It was like yeah, Tetris, no, Tetris is a Tetris big was, fucking deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tetris is like a huge deal. Like. Uh, yeah, uh, just yeah. just for the children's watching in you know 2052, uh, <laughs> right? right. Like, yeah, where they're like, oh yeah, whatever. Nobody plays Tetris anymore. We're all playing like VR hug space, dude. VR Tetris is one of the best things. <laughs> like it, it legitimately <laughs> is. It it doesn't stop. But uh, yeah, t- Tetris was probably the first game that captured such a large and I'm going to say casual audience because it appealed yeah. to hardcore gamers it appealed to casuals. It really was the perfect marriage of it and drove Game Boy sales through the roof. Uh, and so that you have that, you port it to the NES, it's in arcades. Uh, everyone's, but it has the Pac-Man appeal, you know, where everyone loves it. Everyone wants to play it. Everyone just gets on a basic level. You have to make a line, figure it out. Um, one of the most beautiful like puzzle games ever made. Now, each con- successive console has tried to emulate Tetris's success. Um, Nintendo was lucky enough to, you know, get it, license it, and then, you know, move on to help sell mobile units. Sega tried with Columns, and Columns is a fantastic puzzle game in its own right. I think what betrays Columns is uh, it plays slower than Tetris by just by val- virtue of what type of, of puzzler it is. And um, the soundtrack was not as catchy as Tetris's. Um, and then from that, Sega made uh, Puyo Puyo, which came into the West as Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then we have kind of a arms race Tetris attack came out, which is, which is known as like Puzzle Day Pun or Planet Puzzle League. Uh, I'm, I'm glossing over some of the other puzzle games. We had Dr. Mario, for example. Um and Yoshi Island. Yo, like, Nintendo yo, definitely was trying to recapture that match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, Tetris being on mo- on like a mobile console was like everyone like the big thing with getting a console is what game do you get, right? There was a no-brainer, Tetris, and it's packed in. You know, and that's all you really need. It's a great, great value. So so the rise of mobile phones, especially in uh so everyone, male, female has it, right? Uh, so you need a killer app. Uh, I think, you know, that killer app was kind of started on the PC sector with Bejeweled and Bejeweled's gameplay was simple, addictive, um, short bursts and a pop cap just made a a banger of a game. And they had, you know, three sequels. I want to say they got bought out by EA and the worst thing is they didn't. Yeah, just bejeweled, but they also had like uh, plants versus zombies, and yep, uh, they had a, they they did well. that was their whole thesis though. Is like what you're saying is like really fun puzzle addicting games. Yep, yep, and uh, you know from that Candy Crush, you know Candy Crush, I don't love it or hate it. You have to respect it because of of how large the market is. How like I'm pretty sure you pull, you know. Anyone from the ages of, let's say, like right now, 18 to, you know, 18 and up, uh, probably anyone with a mobile phone, like 90% of people have played Candy Crush or at one point had it installed on one of their phones. You know, I'm I'm not a big mobile gamer, but I've definitely played Candy Crush, you know? Yeah. Um, 
definitely a killer app to kind of merge things. And it goes to show that that um, puzzle games will always have a place. And I think they shine brightest in the mobile space because of, of how quickly you can play these things. Um, one of the things that that um, gets the most play from me to this day is actually Tetris 99 on the Switch. I play it all the time. Um, you know, like the, I've I've never won a game highest I've gotten so far as third uh, multiple times, but uh, I keep going back to it. You know, because the core gameplay loop is addicting. Um, I see people who are like, you know, I want to say thousands of levels in. I, I don't know how many are in of Candy Crush, but you know they're they're still playing it because of that core gameplay loop and mobile. And mobile gaming from the Candy Crush thing, you had copies, you had, uh, you know, Angry Birds, which is basically, which is just another puzzle game with like a physics element. Um, I'm like, you know, it, it just, studios looked at it and saw, oh, we can, you know, for a while, puzzle games were, were the number one genre uh, because of because of the mobile space. And yeah. I think the gaming community uh, as a large forgets that. You know, there's like I, I well, they they basically took that kind con- that Candy Crush uh, genre, and then they everybody in that space tried to copy them. So you get like your puzzles and dragons, where they're like, what if we add RPG elements on top of this? Uh, you get like puzzle quests, which is yeah. like, what if we just rip off puzzles and dragons? You know, like yeah. uh, you get like a lot of different like gen- super generic like puzzlers that aren't really changing things so much as like just straight copy and pasting all the popular elements and most people are like at that point like i'm good i love candy crush and like this is what i'm gonna play uh but i think like those like uh, uh small steps led to like slightly bigger evolutions of ideas for the puzzle genre especially like uh, there's something about like the tactile feel of like on a mobile phone where you're you're pressing and moving, whereas like the um, analog feel of almost like the controllers, yeah. Uh, where like w- as soon as like you're in there and like you're manipulating like that space, it. I want to say like again like uh, Tetris began as like uh, Todecahedrons or whatever, where they're like shapes and like a physical puzzle, like a wood box puzzle. Yes. And I think there's like something in your like in our eight brains where like if you're like physically moving like wood blocks to like fill out like a a a puzzle space that like is extremely satisfying. Like uh you see it in like uh Resident Evil with like the inv- yeah. Resident yeah. Evil yeah. one and two with the inventory ma- the inventory management, not even like their puzzle mechanics. Yeah. I was just like this feels really satisfying when I can move things together in like a cohesive manner and then fit like what I want in that like a uh, empty space. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. 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 And uh, so you're right. A lot of, especially in the PC space, I feel Resident Evil is a good example of that, but you have something like escape from Tarkov where you're trying to get everything to just match in this and you're, and, and you're just, you know, lining up those puzzle pieces, man. You're just making it fit. <laughs> uh, uh, Simpsons uh, spoofed it as well, where uh, Homer is like, I need to get everything in the car. He's like, I've, I've, he's like, I've trained for this my entire life. And the Tetris music starts and he gets like all of like the garage sale stuff. And he like, <laughs> he like makes the, Tetris pieces out of his kids and, and like Marge and stuff and fits everything in perfectly. Um, it's, it's uh, one of those things where, you know, it speaks on just a, uh, a deeper level than most, most other like modern games, you know, you're like with, if you, you, if you throw someone into like an RPG or an action game, you have to explain mechanics of displaying the story. You have to, you know, it's a basic level understanding uh, Tetris and most puzzle games, the ones that are done and done well, you can look at it, um, explain it in like three sentences, and then just tell people to go. You know, yeah, you know, make a line. Uh, you know, match three. Uh, you know, uh, what's so Luminous is one of those ones where there's like a the scan that comes in. It's like it's like line these up before the scan comes in to you know get it going. So um, puzzle games are are definitely something that. I think in the current generation of consoles is being overlooked. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I got to pee like a motherfucker. <laughs> we got pause. Okay, we pause. This is the yeah, first. Pause. pause. Go for it. 
record. Okay, and we're back. We're back. Chip, Chip's back. So where where I was luminous. going with that was, yeah, luminous. Just luminous. A, another example is the killer puzzle app for the PSP. You know, uh, each mobile game has one. Uh, Medios was the killer puzzle app for uh, the DS. It's another one. Um, obviously, I think Tetris uh, came out on the DS as well. Just the gangbusters it always does. Uh, my favorite was Planet Puzzle League, where it's like tile matching. Um, you know, Puyo Puyo does very well for Sega. Um, Puyo Puyo versus Tetris is another game that I'm really enjoying. Um, that being said, I think that to the measure of if your uh, console or platform of choice will be successful is one of the things that's overlooked, but it's kind of holds true to if it's successful or not. Does it have a addicting puzzle game? You know, with mass appeal. Uh, yeah. the game game boy had tetris you know like it's it's not like a huge metric but you can't have or most people can't have a successful console without it you know it's it's yeah. kind of like the bread and butter of it uh like it could it's be almost like you're saying it's like there's the whole casual market mm-hmm. which is basically uh i'm gonna throw a random number out there from the top of off the dome but I want to say it's like 60, 70% of the marketplace is just people who want an extremely casual experience of something they can do in between things. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. For, yeah. For video game players. And I know like that terms extremely broad as well, but yeah. Yeah. People who just want like uh, the filthy casuals. Filthy casuals. Yeah. Filthy casuals drive sales fill the casuals they got money um, too yeah they have money too and they they lead to uh bigger and better games that are more you know complex and full featured than you know normal puzzle games so I, I i just wanted to take a second to recognize the importance of puzzle games in you know in our filthy casuals video game space and you know the filthy <laughs> casuals that it seems like the hardcore gamers don't appreciate which i think you have to otherwise i think that's a lot i think they do you think they do respect them yeah (laughs) i think uh hardcore gamers also respect puzzle games i think there's like a a big overlap of people who like if you had like the venn diagram of people who love video games and people just like puzzle games i think there's probably like a good chunk overlap yeah Uh, a lot of people will introduce people they love to the genre who otherwise wouldn't play video games like via puzzle games. So they're like, Oh, maybe we can play Tetris together. And they're like, okay. And like, you'll end up like playing a puzzle game that you otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, And like, that's, that's where it crosses over. I feel a lot. I don't think it's like an either or thing. I think that's why like things like Puyo Puyo Tetris, uh, puzzle quests uh, are huge. They like yeah. get like hundred like tens of millions of downloads. It's not like it's not by accident, dude. There's, you know, it's a there's some science to it. I want to say, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, puzzle games helped bring the rise of mobile gaming. Uh, it helped the rise of you know gaming from your pocket with the Game Boy. It's something that can't be ignored. Uh, you know, it'll if we get like a banger puzzle game in the VR space. Um, you know, it's going to be on an Oculus Quest exclusive, I'm sure. Would you but consider it's going to drive, um, drive sales? Was it like the VR Beat? What's that game? Beat Saber. Would you consider Beat Saber a puzzle game? No, it's it's definitely a rhythm game, but it is the kill one of. It's probably the killer app for it that has the broad the broadest appeal, and it's worth every penny. Beat Saber is amazing. <laughs> I would I would say like the overlap between like a rhythm game and a puzzle game are like. They're cousins. They're like really close together. Yeah, yeah. As far as like just general appeal, for sure, for sure. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, before I even got VR, I thought not even Beat general appeal. Game. I would say like if if the if it's done right, like a rhythm game should do these same patterns. Like I was playing like DDR with a professor. Yeah, and like I knew that the game wouldn't disrespect me in such a way that it would make an impossible move if that makes sense yes yes it does yeah so like if it's going like da 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 like you're know, like a, a left right or left down right up 
mm-hmm. it's going to like do like a semicircle, but yeah, it won't it's just go a big like pattern. But it won't like go like bop bop. Uh, it won't go like uh, left down up right left like some almost in, impossible footstep work. Yeah, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it does. It does. It, that's actually so breaking down rhythm games, and I'll use DDR as the example as well. Into it, it's just puzzles that you're solving in a different way right because you're yeah. right like a, most d well, most all ddr songs have like a, a i can't believe it, a rhythm to it you know where, where you yeah. find the rhythm and you know just how to step it's a puzzle you solve in your brain uh some of my favorite like ddr songs to to play um have like the the best like movement feel you know yeah like like uh there's a couple like especially if you have like the two steppers where you're just going you know, like like left, right, up, down, or whatever. You're just kind of going back and forth. It's like a kind of like a quick jump, hop, hop, switch, or whatever. Feel feels amazing to do. And you're right. It's just I think the like dance games uh, and rhythm games in general get that uh, that endorphin rush. I would say like if you come at it again with like that second level, yeah. those like simple like double hops of like uh, left, right, or up, down. Yeah they usually are led into with one of your feet already being on up or down or left or right. True. So if you have like to do like a quick double jump, your one foot's already going to be on the right. So you only have to press left. Uh, so you only have to like do like a slight hop and then like, boom, boom, boom. So yeah, like, yeah. I, it's one of those things like you don't notice until you start looking for it. But like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Type yeah. Of thing. Yeah, Beat Saber does a very similar thing, and I think all good rhythm games do. Like, uh, you can have things coming at you that are, like, up, down, up, down, or whatever. And then if there's, like, a really fast one where, you, where it's flying at you super fast, it's like, like let's say you're doing a custom song, it's like Eminem's Rap God, right? Where he breaks down and he's just doing his super fast one, like, one breath take. Um, like, the sequence to it, it's like, up, down, up, down, up, down, and you're doing it super fast, but it's like a natural motion. You're, just, you're already, like, your, your, your lead-in is already doing this. You just have to like time it with the beat and it looks yeah. impressive, but it's really, if you understand the game and how things are happening, you're, it's just natural with it. You just have to follow the flow of the song. Uh, my favorite like s- song to play in beat saber is angel voices. Uh, it is probably the, in my opinion, the best s- just general song in it. It has, ev- it incorporates almost everything um, in beat saber that, uh, to, that you learn to succeed on expert. And it's just like your final test. Like if you can, if you pass uh, Angel Voices as an expert, you can handle pretty much every song in the game. And uh, it, it's just really fun to like listen to it. But yeah, it has each section where you're just, you know, it's it's like a flow. Um, puzzle games, rhythm games um, unlock like the state of flow. And I feel fighting games does as well. But I think the only time like, I could explain it to where a casual like gamer will understand is from a puzzle game or a rhythm game to where sometimes you're, you, you know, flow is happening. You're in it, it, like sports, sports people call it being in the zone. Um, it, it unlocks more uh, with puzzles or rhythm games than any other genre. I feel um, where you just can't do no wrong. Like you're doing perfect. Uh, like if you're playing, even like, it doesn't matter what, like Osu, um, you can use that example, elite beat agents, like uh, playing jumping Jack flash on that. It's still like I still remember like the spin, you know, and uh, all of like the motions for it. It it's like that state of zen or that state of flow that you're in, being in the zone, um, is one of the best feelings. And um, back in our fighting in our fighting game episode, I kind of talked about how I like that sense of of uh, competition and like the competitive scene. Uh, one of the reasons why I like it is because. It combines like that adrenaline rush with that sense of flow, and that that is the drug I feel like I'm always chasing. And back when I did competitive games, I was getting that endorphin rush and that just adrenaline spike all the time. And now that you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a parent. I you know have a you know, full time job. I you know, have a house and stuff like that. I'm trying to go back to that. And uh, where I get it is not just fighting games, but just in a competitive setting and I can get it from playing Tetris. Like sometimes you're just clearing lines on Tetris like all the time. Right. Yeah. And you're, you just I think can't, like can't what, um, it's there. <clears throat> I think what puzzle games do the best is like, give you that, 
like a flow state, but like a, a constant, like s- slow uh, drip. It's that slow like, drip. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, oh, like, uh, do you, like, I don't know, like Tetris again, where we kind of use the classic example, but like, where like the early stages are slower and then like the, it ramps up speed. But like on the slow stages, like you start to kind of figure out things. And then when things speed up, like you start to understand things almost where you're like, yeah. okay, like now I understand like how these blocks interact with each other and like how this space interacts with each other. Uh, and it gives you like a constant, like uh, almost strip state. But then I would say like when it gets even faster, that's when you start to get to like the flow state of like these yeah. bricks are like falling down, like uh, shooting stars and I have to like move them and place them in such a way that they're going to be beneficial to like the the current layout yeah Uh, yeah it also kind of goes with that too being in that state of of uh zone too i feel like your body is almost on autopilot like i don't think i blink when i'm like really going into like a like a good (laughs) flow section you know i think after you're done with like the game the event whatever you're doing after you're in that state when you blink for the first time or if you're like the type of person who like will stop breathing when you're doing it it's like there's like this sense of like euphoric release um after you're done it it's there's nothing like it i i feel like i understand why people do drugs you know (laughs) it's like it's like (laughs) like you get that same thing from from uh from really well well placed games like that um so yeah the the thing with the rise of entering into like that flow state forgetting about things around you like focusing in on like I almost yeah. get like a tunnel vision where yeah. like the world that like kind of blacks out around you and like you just focused in on like a, a single endeavor uh, and like almost like things start to slow down a little bit and you can like yeah. think like two or three moves ahead. Yeah. Uh, and then like you'll hit like a point where like things are going too slow and you're like waiting for something to happen and they're like, why are things going too slow? And then it'll start like falling down on you super fast. But, yep. Yep. Uh, they, yeah. There's that, definitely that's the aspects. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so that's what puzzle games do. It unlocks that uh, that flow state for everyone. I feel like yeah, I think like we're inherently problem solving creatures yes. as human beings, and puzzles give you a solvable problem. And I feel like so often in modern society, like there's a, a lot of unsolvable problems, especially like on a personal level where like you can get lost in a lot of things that don't matter, but like uh puzzle games kind of like compact it and be like, this is a, a simple solvable problem for you. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I think it's, that's a good spot to, for us to kind of wrap it up, man. I think that, you know, I think that we conveyed why puzzle games are important, what Tetris did for it. Um, and and I, I just kind of want to end it on a couple things. Like, one, uh, do you have a favorite puzzle game? Oh, uh, I redid our logo for Puzzle Fighters 2. Yeah. And I, I think I said, like, Yoshi Island but I, earlier, but I want to say that game's called actually Yoshi Attack. Uh, it's, it's, not Tetris, it's Tetris Attack that you're thinking of. Hundred percent Yoshi. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's okay. uh, Planet Puzzle Tetris League. Attack, they... Super yeah. NES. Yeah. yeah. Tetris Attack for the Super Nintendo. Uh, yeah. It's not Yoshi Island. That That's a completely different game. I knew what you said. I just let I it mean, go. But thanks for the. I saw like you looking thing. at it. And I was like, "Fuck, that's the wrong name." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to stop your train of thought. I knew what you're talking about. But, yeah. yeah. And like I knew it was kind of wrong when I said, it, but I was like, oh, you know, the one with the Yoshi's and the Tetris." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Tetris Attack is super fun. More that was the first time that I saw the genre be like where you have to get at least four uh, <laughs> items in a row, and that built up a power meter where you could unleash an attack on your opponent, where it just yep. drops down like dead bricks on them, where yep. they have to deal with those bricks by getting combos next to them. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, I'm glad you mentioned Tetris Attack. So it uh, Nintendo, it's called uh, Panel Day Pond. Um, internationally and uh nintendo rebranded it as planet puzzle league um that that's probably my second favorite puzzle game like just ever it's it's glorious um i think that if we have some time in the very near future we should do do a couple matches together on that because it's so so fun um my favorite is uh the puzzle bobble series also called uh bust a move 
Uh, you have okay. uh, bubbles that are different colors that are loaded up into um, like a like a, a shot thing. So you aim where you want it to go. The balls are on top, and you shoot and try and match the colors. Um, balls will fall down, and if you if you hit like the right amount of balls, there's a power one that comes back up and keeps hitting balls of the same color. So you can kind of cascade um, however many are falling. Um, I did a stream um, during the summer, which I called the uh, uh, Tournament of Champions, um, where it was sports arcade games and puzzle arcade games. There's a random grab bag of who's who's best. Um, I ended up winning. Uh, puzzle Bobble was definitely my game. Uh, and it's something that that it combines my love of shooters with my love of puzzle games and like that sense of yeah. aiming and that sense of flow. You know, it, I love it pretty quick. Bust the move too, where they have like it might be like I don't know if this is the first time that this happened in a puzzle game, but it have maybe it's in Bust the Move One, but I know for sure Bust the Move Two where they have a story mode almost. Where it yeah. has a field and a problem to solve, and like you have a set order of uh, colored marbles you get, yeah. and like you have to kind of like be like it's I think yellow, green, red, blue, mm-hmm. uh, and so like you get like a, a certain marbles, and when you get one branch that has like an extended branch, if you get the earlier branch, like it knocks down the whole other branch, yeah, and it, it almost rates you on like how few marbles you use to like uh, understand like the bigger puzzle. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That it's presented. It's definitely one of the first to do it. Um, You're right. I, uh, the, I think the Puyo series does it as well. I can't like my favorite Puyo game is Puyo pop fever uh, or Puyo Puyo fever, uh, which it's just like a faster, more like combo centric mode. Um, People like go. There's like a sect of people who love Fever, and there's a sect of people who love Two, and uh, like Puyo Puyo versus Tetris has or Two. I don't know about the first one; I haven't played it, but I own the second one. Has like Fever mode as well, which is just like intense. So, yeah, I think that uh, puzzle games adding a story mode it can be done hokey. Um, but there's certain things about solving like preconceived puzzles that kind of it's like do you do chess? Like we mentioned chess earlier, do you do chess puzzles? Or have you tried them? Uh, those are like the only thing. Like I don't enjoy playing chess anymore, but I still love like a good chess puzzle. Yeah. Where it'll be like solve this in one move for like a checkmate. Yeah. And, like you have to like look at it. And, like every piece has a mechanical movement that you have to consider and be like, what am I missing here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like that elevates like there's like can't think of what I'm thinking of now. <laughs> like <laughs> I know there is that concept gets pushed to I want to say like there's an RPG game. Magic not ma- like uh Magic the Gathering has a mode like that as well. The online Re- mode. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I was thinking like RTS, but then I was like What's thinking magic. Like yeah. yeah. And then I was like, oh yeah, fucking Magic the Gathering. It has one where and like I want to say Hearthstone also has it. Okay. Where it's like this is a puzzle, defeat the enemy in one turn, Def- like deal twenty sure. damage, sure. Uh, and you have to like look at like all the cards at your dispense uh, disposal and dispense like that amount of damage uh, and w- and win the game. And I think like the simplified. Ver- I've I've always loved like those modes. Yeah, uh, and I love like that where it takes like a bigger strategic game and breaks it down into a single move or turn strategy or puzzle uh where it's like this is a bigger strategy game but like really what you're doing is solving smaller puzzles along the way yeah uh and like yeah i I definitely enjoy that stuff man what about you do you uh ever mess with like you fuck with like magic the gathering online uh never online um i've played magic like in you know small social circle uh, most CCGs just have uh, that cost to the barrier of entry that just doesn't appeal to me. The meta changes so often that I I just can't keep up. I do enjoy them. I I, I think that uh, like hard on the table, our our mutual friend here, um, 
I think my favorite thing is watching him play uh, something like that because yeah. he has such a high high concept level and a great memory for uh, planning attacks. I feel like watching uh, back when he streamed Hearthstone, uh, he would do like I think the arena modes or something, and yeah. uh, he, it always felt like he was six moves ahead of the other player. And and um, there's that level of just knowledge of the game as a whole of what cards that your your opponent probably has in his deck based on like what he's playing, like what strategy he's playing that I think is incredible. Um, but it's just something that I've never really put much time into. Um, like with the exception of a roguelike game called Slay the Spire, I think that's like the closest I've gotten to that. So yeah. But yeah, not yeah, not no. really. But Slay the Spire is probably the exception. So we, we've come to the conclusion that uh, card games, uh, TCGs, are also mini puzzle games yeah. in their own right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we uncovered, yeah. man. But yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, so I just I just want to you know end it here, just saying uh, you know definitely sound off in the comments you know of what your favorite puzzle game is, what you what you get out of it, uh, why. Like, uh, subscribe, follow Mr. Gimpy on Twitch TV. Appreciate it, man. Definitely, definitely hit that like button. It's, hi to my daughter, Charlie here. She just woke up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and everybody, have a great rest of your day. Have a week. <laughs>